Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. John is a 37-year-old male who developed asthma as a teen. It rarely bothered him until about two years ago when he noticed he was having to use his rescue inhaler three to four times a week and would occasionally feel the need to use his rescue inhaler at night. He was treated with a daily inhaled corticosteroid twice a day but didn't like the taste of it so he stopped using it. Are there other options to help John with his asthma? Hi, this is Dr. Frank J. Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And here to discuss asthma with me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Director of Nurse Practitioner Specialties at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Thanks for coming, Jill. Thanks for having me, Frank. So, so John's a real patient in my practice, and he, he didn't, does, does not like using his inhaled steroids. So um, in John's case, is this a common problem that you see, but also, can you remind us about why you think John has some issues going on with his asthma? Like, what are the what kind of uh, what are the classifications? So, uh, I think this is a good place to start. Um, intermittent asthma is is all about less than two. It's symptoms less than two days a week, nighttime awakenings less than two times a month, and short-acting beta agonist use less than two days a week. So, if you're having trouble remembering the classifications, remember intermittent is all less than two. Mild persistent asthma is symptoms greater than two. So symptoms greater than twice a week, um, nighttime awakenings uh, greater than two times uh, a month, and short-acting beta agonist use greater than two times a week. Those are, those are the most common classifications, the ones that, are, that we pretty easily manage. Moderate persistent are daily symptoms, people who have to feel the need that they need to use their beta agonist on a regular basis every day and have nighttime awakenings more than once a week. And severe persistent asthma almost doesn't need definition. You know these folks. Uh, these are people who have symptoms throughout the day, wake up every night needing to use their beta agonist and use their beta agonist throughout the week no matter what they do. So tell us a little bit about the study. So this study looked at um, possibly trying to address John's specific issue. He's someone who doesn't like using his, beta, his inhaled corticosteroid every day. So this study looked at comp compared using an inhaled uh, steroid twice a day to control the symptoms versus using um, the combination budesonide and formoterol uh, as needed when he had symptoms. And they, they randomized, this was a study of adults, and they, they followed them forward. One of the unique things about this study was that the beta agonist that was used was not albuterol, but rather terbutylene, something we used to use in this country. And this study said, let's look at, at the most extreme case to see if this intervention had any effect on that. And so they, they looked at the influence of these two interventions on uh, the impact of severe exacerbations per year. And they made the cutoff 1.2 severe exacerbations per year. 
And they were not trying to prove that one arm was better than the other. They were just trying to prove non-inferiority, meaning that the new intervention was at least as good as the old intervention. So they weren't trying to demonstrate things were hugely successful. They wanted to find if it was just as good. So Frank, just so you can clarify um, for me, when I think of you know mild persistent asthma, I don't always think of a severe exacerbation because then I'm thinking hospitalization, I'm thinking risk of status asthmaticus, which you know is rare but can be very life-threatening. So I'm just trying to you know weigh these two things, mild versus something that's severe and, and how this study uh, informs us at all. Jill, you've, you've already pointed out one of the big flaws in this study. I think when we think of patients with mild persistent asthma, we assume that they're not going to have 1.2 severe exacerbations a year. They might have a wintertime illness where we might need to treat with oral steroids, but we're not thinking about hospitalization or emergency room visits or status asthmaticus. So uh, one of my big flaws with this study is that they chose an endpoint that was an extreme. If they chose um, refills on uh, rescue inhaler use or days they felt well or days they felt poorly or something um, much more real world. Uh, it might have expanded my thoughts on this, on, on trying this intervention, but they chose an extreme. And uh, to prove non-inferiority uh, for an extreme is pretty easy. And so uh, that was the outcome they chose. What they found was that there was no difference in severe outcomes, severe exacerbations, with the daily use of just the inhaled steroid versus the PRN use of the combination drug. So here you have, so, you know, we've just talked about the study and we have John. So are you, are you likely to do anything uh, differently with John? Well, nothing would make me happier than be able to offer him a PRN treatment that's more effective than just his short-term beta agonist. This study doesn't convince me that I'm ready to make that jump to this combination. I think if this study were repeated in a variety of populations uh, done by independent researchers and had um, those researchers do the data analysis, and if it still found that it was effective in changing real-world patient outcomes, patient-oriented outcomes, I think I'd be happy to recommend it. So I look forward to this as maybe the first step in how we might change treating mild persistent asthma, but I'm not ready today to make this recommendation to him. I'll probably continue him on an inhaled uh, corticosteroid, maybe using a holding chamber spacer. Mm -hmm. I, I might inform him a little better. I might recommend, as you often suggest, doing peak flows mm -hmm. and giving him uh, some guidelines about a, a, a control program. Um, I might see him up a little more closely. I might help identify what triggers have occurred in the last two years that have changed. Is he smoking? Does he have a pet? Does he live with someone who's possibly providing an exposure risk? Or is he doing something new for work that's possibly making matters different? Oh, like an environmental exposure. Yes, but I'm, I'm not going to necessarily make this combination medication on a PRN basis my next step in his care. That sounds good. Um, would you also think, uh, Frank, do you use an app at all with your, you know, your asthmatics um, about, you know, his symptoms? Because, you know, recall of, you know, how many times I'm doing things, what I was doing, you know, it's hard. You, we think that we know, but you really, when you write it down, it puts it in black and white. So whether he uses paper and pencil or you have an app that he can log on to to track his symptoms and possibly identify triggers, 
you know, uh, something I find valuable in my population if they if they want to do it. If they want to do it. Uh, there are apps available and certainly keeping a written log. I think helping them do a peak flow in the office when they're not ill and then saying, okay, you know, you get below a, a percentage of this, you get down below 80% of your FEV1, I think we need to probably... I need to hear about it. If you're catching a cold or if the seasons are changing, you probably ought to at least consider coming in and being seen. I don't mind offering patients who have recurrent asthmatic exacerbations if I feel like they're, they're knowledgeable and, and trustworthy, giving them a, pre a prescription of, of oral steroids to take home and use um, when they feel symptoms coming on. I'd much rather do that than have them wait three or four days come in when they've got all sorts of inflammation and try to uh, build back from there. Right. Well, thank you, Frank. That was, it was an excellent review of that article. Practice pointer. Mild persistent asthma is traditionally treated with a single preventative agent, like an inhaled medium dose corticosteroid used twice a day, every day. Join us next time when we begin the discussion of battling burnout and for more timely, relevant, and practical medical education, check out primed.com. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by Primed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on primed.com. Thank you again for listening.